subscribe, love, like. We're sponsored by the Spunk Lube and rebroadcast by the Demon Seed Radio Network. We could not do any of this without you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please give us that bump. All right, Sexy People Podcast. I'm one half of the sexy people, Levon Lux. My sexy co-host, Dan Friolette. <laughs> I love it when you do this. And who's here with us? My friend, my super fun, kinky friend, Mr. RJ, who I know from the fetish community, modeling photography community, all around sex positive community. Welcome. Tell us what Thanks. RJ means so I can do my stupid joke. <laughs> Rigger J. Rigger J. And I and I, I didn't want to mishear that. Rigger J, thank you for being here. I uh, appreciate you. Ah, glad to have me on. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> no, I like what you're like, thanks. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome yeah. to have me on. You're welcome for having me on. You have a yeah. great voice. I don't know. This is like, this is going to be a soothing episode, I feel like. You know, if I get into that calm mode and just hey, kind hey, of hey. talk about things in a monotone mm. voice and i just go you know so <laughs> i i get it from teaching okay where do you okay so wait let's start from the beginning i try to explain to somebody to take here yeah i'm trying i'm trying to understand what rigging is what that means and um whether or not i can just tie up my girlfriend with no knowledge <laughs> so <laughs> yes but not well nor safely. <laughs> so I, um, so rigor, um, I use rigor because I work with rope and I'm not trying to grab this Japanese thing that, you know, Nawashi, master so-and-so, you know, I, I don't like the cultural appropriation issues around Japanese style rope bondage. Mm -hmm. And wait, wait, literally, we gotta go back further. So, oh yeah, no, that's rope great. It's so, the most popular rope bondage. There are different ways of doing rope bondage. There are some classic John Willie from the 40s and 50s. He's that damsel in distress. Lots of wraps of white rope um, made famous in a magazine called Bazaar, which they kept being chased by the censors. So he would do a picture of a woman, look, Betty Page, that, that era of a woman all tied up in her underwear, and they would put a knife next to her. And they say, don't let this happen to you. Learn jujitsu or the art of martial arts. So now it was a PSA, not rope pornography. Oh. And that's what we, we call cool. Western style. So, so wait, let's start from the beginning. So yeah, let's start even further back. So, sure. so rope, so rope tying is 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 bondage, which is part of BD uh, BDSM. Correct. And BDSM is uh, bondage, domination, sadomasochism, or okay. so. The, well, but other people might say bondage, domination, submission. You know, it's so, but it's kink. It's and, being and, kinky, and so when when the photos were first published in magazines it was it was freaking people out this is not nude it's not whatever it's erotic it's yep. it's an, it's an art form and it was just too um risque for oh it. yeah and, and a lot of it actually they think a, some of the a lot of the early like they said john willie was in world war ii and he was in japan so he probably got exposed to some of the japanese style rope bondage this is the jeep guy this uh no not really different guy different guy he's just he was a sailor um and he ended up making a porn magazine in the 50s okay 
and he would do these ropes with Betty Page, and it was inspired by the Japanese stuff. If I understand correctly, I may be wrong. And that was North America's exposure, except for those people that started going to Japan, like military during uh, occupation and all that. And slowly the Japanese style. So we had Western, which is just lots of raps. Think uh, Dudley Snidewright tying a woman to the railroad tracks with lots of wraps of rope. Right. Right. That's Western. Um, and then the Japanese stuff started coming over and it really kind of picked up its prevalence in the 80s with Japanese magazines really started coming into the U.S. People started teaching it, but it was like I learned from someone who learned from someone who learned from someone who went to Japan and read it in a book. Right. <laughs> and I saw it in a photo in a book in Japan. So how do I. I use the example a lot. Um, we're talking about kink and fetish. I use the example a lot of just like y you don't just wake up one day and just like want to bang your wife's feet. Where's the impulse? How do I? So, uh, how do I decide I want to tie somebody up? Become bondage people. Th thank so you. That's the best question. Okay. So let's. You know, how do the, I know if I am? The history of Japanese rope and Western rope. That's a whole thing on its own. Sure. I can tell you my own personal experience. Sure. When I was little, I found the epic porn, st porn stash of a thousand plus magazines, Cherry, Hustler, Penthouse, Gallery, magazines that aren't even made anymore, the one-shot hardcore, some German fetish What's stuff. Is there one called Deb? You know this one? I uh, Not familiar. That name may not, I may, I wasn't really paying attention to the names always. Sure. <laughs> so I got, but there wasn't a lot of kink in that. It was just porn, right? Yeah. And so I got that. That kind of probably set my photography style because I didn't like that well-lit Playboy style. I like shadowy and, you know, dramatic and like what's on the background. of Naughty. It's like naughty. a little naughtier. So, yeah, but what it's like we're doing it, but nobody really can see it all the way. I was in a game convention, card games, board games, Magic the Gathering, okay? And the art show director showed me some rope two 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 simple knots and i went boing <laughs> so when you said that about the just suddenly go i want to do something to my partner's feet yeah that's actually what happened rope is it's very te technical like photography stuff yeah and so i dove in head first uh within a year i was teaching on the national circuit i dove in so hard the first book I learned from was called Shibari You Can Use by Lee Harrington. And that was like 2006. I went to a class with Lee. I had Lee come to my home and teach me how to put people into the air. That took about like a whole day. Then I got into photography, was teaching rope, became friends with Lee. And then Lee said, hey, would you like to do the photography for uh, book two of Shibari You Can Use? And I'm like, yes, Lee. I want to do the photography. Mm -hmm. And then he comes back a little while later and says, how do you feel about doing the photography for book one? And I went, what? what? Mm -hmm. So my name is now on the cover of the book I learned rope from. Right. That's so and that, cool. And that is like trips my mind. Yeah. And so basically I dove right in. And so rope is interesting topic because it's a technical skill. So what does it mean to be a rigger? So exactly. riggers to me, I picked the word rigger because it's a person who works with rope. You have an industrial rigger, you have a sailing rigger, you have a parachute rigger, you have a theatrical rigger. 
So I picked rigor as a Western word to describe me. So I consider myself a bondage rigor. Let me ask Which you a question. Is, yep. So if, if you, if, if you remove it from the fact that you're in the King community and yep. you're in this thing, and you're teaching things, it's just you at home doing it yep. privately. What you, what you tie someone up. Yeah. And then what's, what's the kink? This it, is a thing it, so that now uh, leads to intercourse or it's about power. What's the run? Walk us through that a little bit. So that's, that's the interesting part. So some people, love the performance aspect of it. They just want to be tied up on stage and have pretty pictures taken and be seen. There's another group, um, and this is where I'm talking about the person being tied at this point. Mm-hmm. The, there's a group of people who want to kind of treat it like a yoga, where they want their bodies strained and stressed to see can they withhold, can they endure the difficulty of some of these Japanese style rope ties. And then there's the people who I want to tie my partner up. I want to spread their legs and I want to play, go to town and have access. (laughs) I am, I lean to the sexual rope. Yeah. But the, so I, I do these modes of rope, right. And really I set the expectations. Like, so if I, unfortunately, end of day working with you, uh, Leanne, End of yeah. day in 100 degree heat was the worst opportunity. Oh, the worst. <laughs> right? The worst circumstances. But I still had fun. Oh, it was great fun. And it was learning each other. But there was no sexual energy. It right. was a technical energy and kind of that yoga performance thing. Yes. Right? Normally, so I've had, I've had both experiences with the photography modeling aspect of rope. And then I've had uh, relationships even friendships that involved rope because I enjoy that subspace. I can get to that subspace in, in ropage and being tied where it feels so relaxing, almost euphoric. I just go into a different place when I'm tied. And so that's really how I got into it. And that's the danger part when you, especially in a pickup place. So in a relationship, everything, expectations can get set, right? And you and I, we set expectations ahead of time. So we knew that like, I'm gonna tie you up and partially suspend you. And while it wasn't the place where, I'm not gonna pull my penis out and have sex with you, right? (laughs) Like that wasn't even on the table as a conversation. Right. And how I would tie you would be arm's length away. You know, if I was lifting your breast up to get to get rope underneath, I would put my the top of my hand under your breast and lift. So I am doing it in a non-sexual groping manner. But if I'm tying my partner and it's for playtime, oh, no, no, I'm taking my time. I'm rubbing the ropes across the nipples. Mm-hmm. But here's where the trap is. A lot of people see pictures of rope and go, I want to do that. Yep. Right. And then the, so many the, photographers that reach out because they're like, oh, I see you do bondage. I want to do some of that. And I'm like, no, no, If never. they already do it, that's a different conversation. Well, but the, let's the go through is, like, let's go through the smallest of danger as a person who doesn't know anything like I tie you up wrong. And now you're like, we cut off circulation in your arm. And... So that's the, the biggest danger besides the dropping someone on the head let's let's remove suspension from the game dropping someone on the head is the first okay so let's 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 remove danger down right let's remove suspension from the game drop a person suspension has the person hits the ground right like that's and they can't catch themselves can't catch themselves 
you know, we're not always doing stupid high. Most of my suspensions are like four feet off the ground. Like they're at shoulder height. I just split my face open from three feet. So that right. do it. And so that's what I'm just saying. It's still a danger. But yeah. so I'm tying you on a bed. The issues we can have are nerve compression are the actual bigger issues. You know, like you've ever um, fallen asleep and you're like your sure. arm feels weird and like two fingers are weird. But I not got a better one. Hand. I take uh, when you take when you take a long dump and your legs don't work. Yes. But <laughs> the reason. I'm, and yeah, no, that that is nerve compression. Yeah. That, um, when your hand partially falls asleep, there's a thing called Saturday night palsy. You drank so much that your body cannot actually like you fall asleep in your arm in a weird position but you're so drunk your body won't roll over yeah mm -hmm. and you do nerve compression in your arm and you end up with like index and thumb were tingling but your rest of your hands fine yeah that's that's a nerve compression saturday night palsy is that just is that's just an a old name but yes saturday night palsy was the name for the guy who would fall asleep on the bar with his hand in his like his head in his hand yeah and it would pin a nerve off and then you wake him up and he could barely use his hand that's my he definitely did that when I used to that's drink. my sketch television show on yeah. uh, on public access tv <laughs> saturday night palsy it's actually probably a great that'd be Funny. a good podcast name for Rose. yeah so well, um, it'll, get, it'll get banned so fast so is is the is the nerve compression the thing uh is it about rope placement or 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 the way and how much pressure you put yes so one of the problems is, is that different parts of your body have different areas where the nerves come up. If you were to put your hand, put, take your hand, put it on your bicep. Yeah, now he's playing uh, in my yeah. stuff, huh? So you feel where your index finger is. You can feel there's two muscles. Yeah. That gap between the two muscles. The bi, right. Right, but that little thing between the bi and I think bi and tri. Yeah. That's where the nerve comes through. And actually, oh, you could here. probably poke in there. Yeah. And actually cause a weird tingle in your hand, usually on the that. outside of the arm, not, not the inside. That. Yeah. Okay. That's like, cause a lot of the ties are like, you see the, um, no people can see this right now. There's a woman on my backdrop that is got bands of rope across her arm. And it's splitting it. Yeah. And it's splitting. Those ropes happen to hit usually the place where nerve damage is a risk. I'm not putting her up in this photo, but if I was to suspend that woman in that, and any there, there's a lot of force on the outside of the arm. You so move the those. risk, the risk of nerve compression becomes higher. So you'd move those ropes in that um, case? Adjust, make sure that not all the body weight is just on those ropes. Yeah. Maybe only a third of the body weight. So and listening to the partner. Right. Mm -hmm. That they will tell you because you're not tied up. Yeah. You, you I mean, you can appreciate what they're feeling. But yeah. you're not the one in the rope. Yeah. So they need to communicate, mm -hmm, so and important. that sometimes can be a problem. So Leanne, uh, as, as a as a, and I'm not saying you're a permanent sub, but as someone who's been tied up and and sub, for yeah. art and for others' sake, what is the feeling? What is the sub feeling that is? Um, I I only know how to how to be dom side. I don't really want to be dominated so what's it what's the what's the the emotion of 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 being a sub in in a in a bondage situation so most people would be surprised to know that the sub actually can feel very powerful you are actually technically in charge even though you might not seem physically in charge without the sub consenting that's rape so of course the sub is in control 
you right. know? And so it, there is a sense of control, like a safe control when you're working with someone who is a professional. There's a safe sort of control, but also very relaxing to me because throughout my day, I'm in charge of everything I do and every single move I make. So I am the most relaxed I could possibly be when I am tied, especially by a professional. And that's where I go into that subspace of like euphoria, just sort of like it's meditative as fuck for me. Interesting. The uh, the interesting trap that I kind of mentioned, but is what does the top get out of it, right? And that's where a lot of the danger comes into play. So, you know, Leanne, you see this great photo of someone in rope and you want to do that, right? Well, unfortunately, the, per the person who's doing the rope on you, well, they do it because it makes their dick hard. Well, I do it because it makes my dick hard also, but like... Mm -hmm no expectation, no communications done, right? So I see the hot person coming at me and I'm like, wow, I wanna be intimate. Their headspace is, I wanna have body stress. And so this like impedance mismatch happens because people are not communicating their expectations and wants. 100%. And I really enjoy like, so last weekend I was at a, basically a kinky camp naked people everywhere, sex going on everywhere, BDSM dungeon. It was amazing. And um, this person approached me through FetLife and said, hi, I want a scene. We sat down outdoors and we just had this conversation of like, I showed my toy bag and like, well, here's some mean scratchy rope. Here's some butt plugs. Here's a pussy hook which is just a big ball on the end of a hook, uh, of a loop. No, it's not an actual hook. Um, you know, I had some gags. I had uh, an evil set of bamboo sticks that are kind of like a cane. You know, we just went yeah. through the toy bag going, and she was like, I like, yeah, I like, no, <laughs> no, like you that's just cool. That you know, we, we just kind of, you know, almost like we, we talked about options. Right. And then we talked about like, well, okay, so because it was sex camp, I at least I went off and I got a full panel of STD tests like like a, a porn star would do. So not just your casual set. I got the full set. Bring in your golden I, ticket. Golden ticket. I had I'm vaccinated. I had a COVID test just before. That was the whole thing about going there. So we're like, hey, there's where we are. And she was like, okay, well, I would be happy with your hands going anywhere on my body you want. Um, after after you got all tested and you thought yeah, well no i didn't even know this person before that i yeah. didn't even like i met this person literally two hours earlier yeah and we well those we are all my relationships <laughs> <laughs> we negotiated what's on the table what's yes. not on the table yes and we went over and basically i'm sitting there with and she wanted i'm <laughs> she's like I'm not masochistic. She picked my scratchy mean rope. She picked the canes. She, you know. Yeah, but we all so, get to self-define. We can right. all self-define. So we finally reached know, that place. And she wanted close in. So, you know, like I'm, I'm a monogamist that only wants non-monogamy. You know what I mean? It's we can define. <laughs> so pulling her in close, you know, I'm tying her legs back. I'm like hog tie. Hog, no, um, imagine sitting, kneeling. With your like sitting on your sitting on your back of your feet. Got it. The legs are now tied together, Got so it. you can't unfold your legs. Got it. I tied her arms behind her back, 
I pinned her down on some mats. I used the cane on her. I did these like light punches. Like I didn't haul off. It was like these deep thuggy chest hits. Yeah. Grab nipples and twist it. And she's making very happy sounds the whole time. Yeah. And we did a whole bunch of stuff. She ended up partially suspended, pushing her butt against my fingers and finding out that she can take almost a full fist in the back, (laughs) which amazed her. And this is someone anal fisting. I had four fingers up her butt as she thrusted her 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 legs were up in the air, so her ass in there. She's just basically pushing back and fucking my hand, my my hand with her butt. Yeah, I only met her, you know, twenty minutes earlier after talking online. I love about this community. Yeah, (laughs) the thing is, is that we We call that we call that a we call that a French pound where I come from. We negotiated everything and all my actions that we were going to do. By the way, that I, I th- this is the thing I try to push straight, vanilla, monogamous, it doesn't matter, whatever yeah. people to, to do. And it's and it seems like the, the, the community of non kink and non 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 traditional, the community of traditional doesn't want to define all the things they, like like your community does. And I think and I, I think about the community yeah. and the, the sex worker community is that we feel like we have to over communicate what we need and want and don't want and don't need. And we, I don't think it's over. I think no, it's and we still have issues. Community we all the same. still have issues. Okay. There was, so a, there, there was a, so there was a big name rigger tying up a big name bottom years ago. And he asked her, we're going on a stage performance. What can I do? And she said anything. What he what he said was, what physically can I do to you? What she replied was, you can do anything in rope you want, because we were talking about a rope scene, a rope performance. He ended up on stage fingering her. I see. I mean, it was a heavily sexually environment, but he... You have to be clear and you have to have... Use all your words. And if you want to put your fingers in someone, hi, can I put my fingers in you? Yeah. <laughs> Can I put my fingers in front? Can I literally when I meet other girls for photo shoots, um, some that I spoke to ahead of time, some that I meet on set. And when the photographer is like, hey, can you guys pose together? I look at her and I go, "Okay, what are you okay with? Can I touch you? Can I touch you all over? Are we going to kiss? Is it okay if I do this? Like I will make it so not sexy and romantic because I need to ask all the things. The next couple of times we shoot, it'll be way better because I know that we are comfortable. And you still want to check in, right? You still need to set that boundary for a bunch of times. Right. Can I, by the way, can I put my fingers in you is my opening line on Tinder. (laughs) Does it work? Let's go. Never. (laughs) Never. It's such a, a problem, right? Because There's lots of ways that tops like I never got off when I played with this woman, but there was a very large energy exchange going on and I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I was exhausted afterwards and not from like lifting and bending and tying. It was just that energy um, Mm -hmm. experience. And that was kind of awesome. And the um, where is it? No, that's not it. Sorry, I wanted to bring something up. So I got a note from her afterwards, because one of the things you always want to do, especially in a case of pickup play. Hi, are you okay 
you know, because you're also you're checking in on a bunch of things. Aftercare. The aftercare. Did you do okay? Were you okay? Did you screw up? You're not outright asking that, but that's sort of part of the check-in. So you can remediate any, maybe you crossed a line that they didn't say anything, but you want to be able to remediate that. Aftercare. That's what it's called? Yep. Aftercare. And that, again, that's. That There's should be in everything that should be in regular sex. That regular should be in regular sex. sex. And it's part yeah. of a negotiation in yeah. a sense. Like what is your expectations now that we finished beating the crap out of each other? 17 hours of cuddling. Let's go. 17 or in this person's case, they went off, walked off into the woods and meditated. Sure. That was there. They didn't want aftercare. They wanted to just be in nature. And the well, note I got was, thank you so much. I'm really grateful for your willingness to play. I didn't realize at the time I did that definitely hits something raw that needed to move through me emotionally. Thank you ever so much. Um, yeah, I like this thing. The play party thing is a big thing. And I like this. I, I really like the, the the phraseology on that whole business. There's also like, it depends on the space, but the advantage of these public dungeons um, is like, if they're run well, there's usually somebody around. It's a space that you can meet a stranger and push some limits, like negotiate what you want to do. But if something goes wrong, you also in a space where you can go stop and there's a half dozen people there to help. Right. Um, so, I was, yep. I wanted to say, so, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm on this podcast, I'm host, I'm co-hosting this podcast, and it still feels like a lot to me. So how, I'm trying to figure out how to go, how to, how to go far enough back to go. I have an instinct that I want to do this. It seems like a lot to do this with a stranger in front of a lot of people. What's, what is the, what is the um, training wheels version of, I have an instinct that I want to be on in some part of this. How do I start as a person? Um, there are a ton of good books out there. Some of them are slightly love, I dated. Love the, I love people that love that read that read books first. I They're love that. slightly dated, but there's a book by a guy named Jay Wiseman called S and M 101. Literally. Yep. And that's the name of the book. It's dense, but it gets into many of the issues. Almost any BDSM book nowadays will have some sort of like if you're into spanking, they will talk about negotiation and consent. So it's all it's almost like irresponsible of an author not to put the conversation about consent and negotiation in a book. Right. Um, rather than presuming that the person does it. There are huge events across the country um, where, well, of course, there hasn't been many in the last two years. Um, oh, yeah. The kinky camping one that I was at was a lot of people, but everyone had to be vaccinated. Bonus points if you got the test and like everyone stayed outside. So, you know, the social distancing was indirectly there. I want to go to that next year. So I was actually at the same campgrounds the week before RJ for the NIMPA, the nude in nature shoot. Yep. It was a bunch of pretty naked models running around being shot on this beautiful 200 acre campsite. And then the week after you were there for that. Yep. And when I know the, the space and I feel comfortable with the space and how everyone was just everywhere. I think I, I want to do the... Yeah, it's um, it's a really good event. Um, There's also Dan to what you were asking is is going to these events and like some people just feel like intimidated because of all like the the crazy stuff that goes on. But you can be a total brand new person and ask questions, and it's the most welcoming community. That's and that's 
And one of the goals of this event and many of the kink events is usually all day are classes from everything okay. from pickup etiquette to dungeon etiquette to spanking 101 to rope 101 to cruising, like almost any topic you can think of. What's cruising? So cruising came out of, if I remember correctly, like gay leather community was heavily, that word's used there a lot in queer spaces. Basically, it's the random hookup, you know, Got going it. to the bathhouse, that was cruising, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Got it. Um, but like how to do that. And my father but also, used to say that you're cruising for a bruising. Cruise, that's different. Yeah, no, that's different. You're, uh, you're, cru you're oh, cruising no. for something else. That could Actually, turn into my king. Yes. You are actually cruising for a bruising when you do hey, cruising at a kink event. I'm cruising for a bruising. <laughs> so the uh, there's lots of events out there that teach. Um, yeah. You're where you're New you're New York, New Jersey, right? Area. Yeah. Well, I'm in Hoboken. Okay. Leans and Yonkers. There's the 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 Er Spiegel Society, which shortens down to Test Fest. And that is a once a year event at, in usually over near um, Rahway, no Rahway, um, Piscataway. Okay. There, there's a lot of events that happen out there that are kink events into the Piscataway area. Yeah. And um, they take over the hotel complete. And like all day in the conference rooms are classes on lots of different things. And then in the evening, it turns over to dungeon space and you'll have dungeon monitors. These are people that sometimes they're trained, sometimes they're not, but they're keeping an eye out um, and being that safe space that if something weird's going on, they run over. Um, I had a friend that was- it's literally during... consent security guards. Consent, concert, uh, yeah. That's the short version. And like I had a scene, I was tying a friend and she wanted to experience stun guns, the low, the low wow. wattage, you know, the $20 flashlight stun gun things yeah. that say 1 million volts. But yeah, I mean, they hurt, but they're not going to. So they're there to stun you. Yeah. Well, I turned this thing on. I hadn't even touched her. Yeah. Get the loud snappy sound because I'm doing the psychological buildup. Sure. And she lets out that blood curdling scream queen scream right like i that this the scream someone puts when you take a knife and put it through their hand and they look at it right like that yeah. was this the entire dungeon stopped four guys in 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 bright neon vests come running over and i'm just like let the bottom talk and she he she looks at him and goes i'm fine he didn't even touch me <laughs> and then i look at her and i had permission right yeah. And I said, you know, poof, and, I, and I just let it in and I hit her on the inside of the thigh with it for just a moment. And of course, the same blood curdling screams, the guys shrug their heads and walk away. Yeah, because they've yeah. checked in on consent. They've checked in on what's going on. You know, the bottom is communicative and saying, hey, this is what I want. And they let it happen. Yeah. And then they'll do other things like, you know, you can get kind of messy when you're playing people that squirt and so on like that. So a lot of the spaces will have chucks to throw down. They have condoms available. Um, I don't know if they have it as much now, but they'd have female condoms available, dental dams, all the safe sex stuff that you would want mm -hmm. is available. 
um, because these events are typically very sex positive. Yeah. The first but, time I saw a female condom was in a dungeon, which I think is funny. I love them, but they're now prescription. Weird. They're right. Yeah, um, they weren't making enough money. Uh, people weren't buying Definitely them, so not. they found a way to make money by being prescription. Sure. Because they were expensive before. Now, you know, and they just couldn't. So I went to this one event called the ILM, I think International Man Leather in Chicago, which is a massive gay leather event, which yeah. was the same weekend as a rope event that no longer exists. Mm -hmm. So we'd find the day we didn't like and we'd all go to the leather conference. And there was places giving away bags. Like you literally would walk away with a hundred female condoms. Sure. If you were to buy that today, that would be $400. I like, I like where your head's at. You're like, Oh, I, I got all these uh, vintage yeah. female condoms. I so been... I still have them. They've expired. <laughs> what I use, what I use them for, put them on the end of a Hitachi. So that way the Hitachi, cause that way, cause the Hitachi, the classic sure. white Hitachi head yeah. is porous and is not shareable. Yeah, I see. So I have a silicon cap for mine so that I can boil my toys afterwards. But even then, some people aren't even comfortable with that. So by using a female condom over the Hitachi, you um, have a disposable barrier. Yeah. Well, now, you, you said you said you said the, the phrase sex sex positive um, earlier. I just I would like. I want I want you to self-define what that is because this seems I am to be... positive I like sex. Hey, but the <laughs> the concept of sex positivity, you know, and and especially because it, it's usually leveraged against. It's supposed to be sort of the opposite of like kink shaming, and so you seem like an eloquent person. I I, I just want your take on what it means beyond those two words. So, a lot of spaces unfortunately due to laws like the new england fetish flea due to regulations in past years they don't have a dungeon anymore you couldn't have sex okay you couldn't bring your genitals out you couldn't you know there was lots of restrictions it wasn't their choice that was the restrictions of the laws of where they right. were so they got labeled a non-sex positive event and they're like well we'd like to be able to have it i see but what i i feel sex positive is not a oh well yeah okay you can have sex um it's here's the area to have sex and here's all the sex you know the safe sex equipment yeah that's a big difference right there so a place that you're allowed to have sex to me isn't inherently sex positive the sex positive is the fact that here's a really cool space we've made for you. And here's all the safe sex supplies. Right. And, you know, if you have any consent issues, speak up. You know, we have people around to help in case something goes wrong. But you're talking, Dan, you're talking about more of a mindset of being right. a sex positive person. But that's to me, it's still there. It's the mindset that made that event space. Got you. Have all the stuff. That's a that's sex positivity, as okay. opposed to oh yeah you can have sex over there. Right. Right. That's a very, as opposed to it just being a thing in a corner versus yeah please do. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And not shaming it like the one of the beautiful things about the events, um, at least this one, it's primarily run by queer. Uh, mm -hmm. personalities have been are the staff and 
they're you know there's the queer orgy there's the you know they do a lot of stuff to embrace sexuality of all sorts and welcome it yeah and that is sex positivity now i'm not just i'm, I'm doing it in the framing in the terms of an event but it's the headspace that let that happen and makes that want to happen is sex positivity yeah absolutely all right, I like that. Okay, so I got a thousand other BDSM questions to get to 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 go along the the Shoot. route. Ooh, I'm happy to answer whatever. Fet life. <laughs> I definitely okay. want to touch on fet life. We'll talk about fet life and what. So again, as as like a as like a person who they like thinks he's in the space, me, and I'm just like, oh, whatever. So I just go on fet life and I just like make a profile and it says I want to bang a pregnant woman. Like, what is the real? <laughs> usage and space for fat life what is what is what is this site other than you know like so you, you could you could like you could minimize it and go oh it's it's the it's the um my space of uh, fetish community but what would you so i have been there a long time yeah i'm i'm like member 2900 okay <laughs> when they still used to do member numbers yeah um i actually taught uh i gave private uh suspension classes to the owner of the space john baku okay. years ago so yeah. the space has evolved and the primary goal of the space was here i am and here's discussions about things they've intentionally you cannot say find me the 21 year old right by female uh within 10 miles of me right there has been drama over that because people have used tools to make that available. That's a whole side conversation. I see. Um, but basically, that was the start of it. It filled in, but then it eventually now has gotten a lot of more, I'm going to use the word mundane attention. Okay. I'm not kinky, I'm just into sex. Right. So the swinger community is very prevalent in there you so you're talking about the vanillas correct well, but, but also step down the mundane community interesting the non I, i'm just trying to not use the word i was trying not to use the word vanilla yeah you know, so, fine, but it, yeah okay but yes so it's the non i am not into bdsm i am into sex cool but now what's happening is there's a thing called kinky and popular which is just a feed of popular images and videos and writing I would say 90% of it is only fans advertisements now or mm -hmm. similar. Right. And because people are me, struggling to figure out how to get their stuff out there. And I, I do not at all begrudge any of that. Sure. But I am on fat life for the community piece. So originally it was like, okay, so then he, maybe here's a better one. Yep. You can correct me when I'm wrong. So originally it was like the Reddit of kink. And it still is the Reddit of kink. But it has more robust profiles, and being a Reddit of kink, you can have any conversations. And the goal was never to have me go on there and find a pregnant woman. Correct. It is go on and maybe talk about my pregnancy whatever. kink or whatever Correct. I'm into. Exactly. Okay. okay. Um, so where is the where? Hold on. Where's the dating yeah. site where I can find just a just all pregnant women that I want? Is does that exist? There is there a kink field? <laughs> sure. I have seen a couple of field uh, pregnant women on there. Sure. Going, Hi. Well, and I've seen um, plenty of pregnant people on yeah. Tinder, but it's not. It's yeah. not the. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's, you do a lot uh, of swiping. There's no dedicated. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Reddit has a pregnant for Dan group. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go over and make that right now, just so it exists. No. Um, <laughs> um, the uh, so not the big by Dan, but for Dan. Yeah. The, the main goal of FetLife was community, networking, sharing of knowledge. Um, but Any a of it for fetish is, is just right. is, is acceptance. Here's open yes. arms. You're not alone. And it's not even just for kink. The swinger community, the whatever, like even the vanilla kink community is welcome. It's a great place to come in and learn. Um, I got, was it like 2005, 2006, when someone said, here, have this book right? There was no FetLife. I met a couple in, after getting the book, I met a couple in Detroit through alt.com's forums that I don't even think exists anymore. So the kinky dating site. Went out to Detroit, met them, and we clicked and they said, hey, you need to go to this big rope event. And boom, there, I got into everything. But I got into teaching because there was nothing available. And that's when I got, you know, when FetLife became a thing, I would advertise classes. I ran at one point uh, a rope group in the Boston area that at our peak, we had 100 attendees wow. coming in and it was in a freeform lab and people were just experimenting. And if someone had a question and someone had an answer, they worked together. Wow. And then, um, but what's happened is, is FetLife's popularity has evolved. Um, ton of people are using it for marketing um there and those people the only thing i uh, that frustrates me with the people that come in for marketing is they're not participating in the community well right so it's a, it's a couple of things happening so number one somebody yep. goes where do i put my ads or how do yes. i get some people and they go oh we'll try fet life and then they just go in it's kind of like oh do you have a better example but, i was on one of these things where like you got to get or maybe it's reddit's like that you got to get some yep. points yep to be able to to like show up where you want to show up and you got to participate yep. in the community. But they, so most of the people that are really popular because there's a group of people that are now just looking for those photos. They come in for FetLife looking as a spank bank, not a community joining in. So right. they find the one hot person on the newest photo. That person suddenly goes up to 40,000 plus followers, which what we call a Fet Liberty, which means if they post something, 40,000 people see them and then they end up dominating. Um, there's probably 30 or 40 pick people whose names I constantly see okay. on the main page. The FET trend. The FET trend. And what I've been doing is I've been blocking them all. Okay. And not because I dislike what they're doing. But because you um, don't want the algo to speak for you. Correct. I'm trying to find the kinky content. I want to find not the person who's posting 500 of the exact same posts. They're super attractive. They've got great video skills, but I'm looking for actual new, I'm looking for new rope, not, not so much that I'm looking for rope tips. I'm looking for conversation about rope or photography or stuff like that. So the only way I can make my feed become useful because FetLife's feed is garbage is by blocking the prolific the photos that get liked the most that aren't contributing to the commu community. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. It's like, it's like, it's like how, it's like how trends can, can destroy a platform. Correct. Uh, I'll just say, I'm not saying that this is true, but let's just say, you know, obviously the, the OnlyFans trend happened uh, uh, in an aggressive way over the last 18 months. And so that changed the platform 
for better or for worse, whatever your opinion is, but it's a different place than it was 18 months ago. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely love, so I, <laughs> so I do tech for a living. So I love the concept of OnlyFans, Fansly, a place that deals with, so I don't begrudge anyone trying to market themselves in any form of sex work whatsoever. Cool, right? Like I'm not, but the problem I see and people complain about Instagram and Facebook, right? They are now the platform. They're not, they are the internet, mm-hmm. right? Because if you want to be found, if you go make your own website, right? It's not going to get found. You can be posting the best content right. every day. Right. So unless you market the hell out of it on Reddit and, and Facebook and other groups, no one's going to come to see you. No right. one well, sees you by noise and traffic. And now there's this loop. So we yes. had a we had a woman on earlier uh, this year where she found you know she figured out that TikTok's the place. So she so she goes on TikTok, tries to get it a video video to trend that'll get them to the Instagram, that'll get them to the OnlyFans. So it's just mm-hmm. like this loop. She's just trying to like work this loop. Yep. Because you, you she wants to retain them in Instagram, monetize them on uh, OnlyFans, okay. and yep. and 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 catch and trend them on TikTok. So the problem, though, is those major platforms are where you have to be. Those right. platforms don't want you. Right. They I got, are. I got like shadow banned last week for, for, for taking a picture of a mangina. I'll send this photo you, to you. You are. I know that. If the site is free, you're the product. Right. Yeah. So I do AWS cloud programming stuff. And I went to this big gathering in New York City and the CTO or CIO of Snapchat stood up there at this uh, thing and said, every photo on Snapchat goes through Amazon's recognition software. Every photo, public or private, goes through Amazon. And what, what are they looking for? They're not looking for your coochie. What they're looking for can they image recognize the things in the background that are in your photo? What earrings are you wearing? Who's where did he buy this? Where that you did buy that? Right. Right. Yeah. Because now they're creating a marketing profile for you. He's into plants. He's into plants. He's a plant dad. And um, I don't. Obviously, we can't really share it. Uh, we're getting into my privacy class. Yeah. They can do all sorts of things with the image recognition. It's not just about nipple detection. I like that. I like. I was. Well, I was so hoping you were going to say nipple detection, right? Um, <laughs> and it's funny because, like, I, I then I teach in my class and I put through a bunch of my photos and it like finds someone's face and I said, "Here's a group shot. Find me the face." And Amazon's recognition found it for me in a group Amazon's. Amazon's Amazon's already programmed thing. Yeah, it's called. Recog like R-E-K ignition. And it's a service. It you pay like on the penny for every image you put through it. It's probably wow. like a penny for a hundred images or something like that. And it comes back with different metrics from everything from nude content, personality, like they seem tired, they seem stressed, they and seem Snapchat's happy. using it to try yes. and uh, um filter their platform for the people that are already on it. Right, because think about all, well, what are they going to do with that? They're going to take that information, they go, they're going to sell it to, let's say you have a whole collection of Budweiser stuff in the background. Yeah. They now know that you're a Budweiser fan, so they're going to send you the Miller commercials that Miller, well, they're going to tell Miller, we can guarantee you 
that we're going to show your ad to a thousand people who have Budweiser product. Right. They can do that. You're the product. I wonder. I wonder. Okay, so if we if we made your nerd out, let's let's yep. let's let's deep let's deep dive uh, um, full full wormhole nerd out. I wonder if there's there's a uh, if if this eventually becomes a thing where we end up trolling these companies with what we put in our backgrounds so to manipulate they're our doing, own profiles. People try it. People try it. Okay. The problem is, is the sheer volume of people that won't come along with the game. Sure. Removes you become a uh, statistical anomaly. Right. You're an outlier. Right. And then you're people, unmarketable. Well, what happens is, is that you start like, it's sort of that thing where you keep saying pregnancy a lot and all of a sudden pregnant, you know, diapers start showing up in your feed. Yeah. But Thank God I'm not on my own computer right now. <laughs> right, right. But totally. so there's a lot of problems with that. And the problem now is, is those are the worlds of big business, right? And you, we have to be on Instagram. Well, we don't, yes, we have to be on Instagram. We have to be on Facebook. We have to be on TikTok. They don't want us. They want to be able to tell Disney that we're going to put their advertisement for this cute thing next, not next to a picture of a naked Leanne. Yeah. Because, and I see. And so the whole battle, it's not that they hate women and they hate sex workers and so on. It's the advertisers. We're not as marketable for them. Well, no, well, it's not that you're marketable. They don't want to risk someone looking over your shoulder or anyone that follows you seeing you naked next to their product because they don't want their product associated with adult content. Right. So it's the end. The actual only way I think we can actually change this is if we if the advertisers stop caring, the platform will stop caring. Right. There is also the extra piece on the top, which is, of course, the legal problems where you get those assholes who take underage people or stolen photos from their ex-girlfriend yeah. and start putting those up. Revenge porn. Revenge porn. But that gives a legal liability mm -hmm. to these platforms, right? Like if you have a if you have if you see a video of Tracy Lords in anything other than in, in porn context, in anything other than the movie Tracy, I Love You, you are seeing child porn. This is too. This is too deep dive. We don't. I know, but <laughs> meaning that's the. But the problem is, is the platform is worried. Yeah. Of their liabilities, especially with the FOSTA SESTA coming in, so they keep putting more and more stuff on that. And you know, FetLife is existing because of the section 203 which is there's too which is the spirit of the law is there's too much content for the platform to police and they're not responsible if someone slips puts up something but they're still close to sesta so companies like instagram and all them are trying for marketing purposes and legal purposes to go nope yeah Wait, so wait, explain that point a little further because uh, explain yeah. the law. So the, for... so the my understanding on the digital millennial copyright, millennium copyright, basically, you know, like Reddit, right? Yeah. How many posts an hour are put on Reddit? We don't know. Give, millions. Give us a... Millions. Yeah. Right? 
if someone and is Reddit posted, is where is where youngins, millennials, I know. And some people they know but look I'm, I'm and just, nerds look up porn, yeah. right? Right. So they can't trade. There's no physical way that Reddit, the company, could moderate all the content being posted on Reddit. So they say we can't do it. So there's a law that says, hey, you are only you are not responsible for the content posted by somebody else because there's no reasonable content. way for you to police it. Now, how is Instagram handling that? So Instagram is handling it by using things like Amazon recognition. And they go, we can police it. We're big enough. We're trying to because they have enough money and enough risk. And they're, they may not be putting it through Amazon's recognition, but any words. So you put the words OnlyFans, fuck, prostitution in an image. Right. They can read it. Right. Yeah. So now, right. So now I don't know if anybody's seen this uh, because I'm too deep in this thing. Uh, even comedians now are putting, if they say sex, they, they do S E C S because that doesn't get flagged. Oh, and sex workers say spicy instead of sex. Interesting. And eventually, though, we'll end up having those words triggered. Right. And then what will happen is the artificial intelligence. So the whole AI. If I show you enough pictures and enough right. text with the word spicy that I know was around sex work, right? The computer will now say with an 80% chance, I think this is right. Blah, blah, blah. And they don't care. They'll send the flag like they did. And they'll just flag. Why, why, why risk? You're talking about spicy food and you'll get flagged now. Correct. Well, why? <laughs> but the machine might get smart enough to go. Here's 10,000 cases of spicy in a sex work. That's Bra Ra Ram song, goddammit. That's the Thai dish. <laughs> and then here's a spicy with a pile of noodles. And the computer will be smart enough to know that that's a pile of noodles and yeah. that's a human body. So the yeah. odds are that you're using spicy in a food context. By the way, pile of noodles is what I is what I tell girls when I'm asking for nudes. <laughs> so I do this what I is going on forever. I, I, I like my part where I just have a drone photo of send nudes. Yeah. <laughs> Oi, so the, OK, so um, it makes me not it makes me want to cancel my Instagram subscription. I want to be honest. Um, <laughs> well, you're you're their product, right? All they do is make money uh, off of you. Yeah. Which I'm right. fine with as long as I can, as long as they'll, as long as they'll trend me once a week when I put out a, a you know, a random video uh, with my comedy in it. I have slowed down on the nature of what I'm posting, um, but I'm doing it as a hobby. This is not a living. Um, I have spent. Well, I'm a comedian. Trust me, that's 10, not a living either. Ten to one, probably what I've spent to what I've ever. I've I've barely earned anything doing this because I don't yeah. do it. I don't I don't go to events to be. I don't get go to events because I'm going to get paid um, the love of the game. It's a love of the game. The events often give me like free entry. Yeah. So but that's not going to cover what my skills are in the sense of economics. Sure. So where are you? So where are you? In the, so you are you are you how much percentage are you photographing and how much percentage are you tying? And then also, I guess I guess when you're photographing, it's a lot of times you're doing the tying. Yes. What so I you? almost completely only do I only 90% of my stuff is my own work. So okay. I've done the rope and the photo. Got it. Um, you won't, will you now what's the etiquette? Will you photograph somebody else's ties? I have no problem doing that. I usually would rather do it for money at that point. Fine. Um, would you let someone else for, photograph your ties for money? <laughs> so a because I understand like owning the image and stuff. Yeah, I don't want somebody taking pictures of my work. And then like selling it off to some magazine taking credit 
and taking credit right. yeah. and stuff like that. Um, You're a paranoid guy. I like you. Um, it's not so much that. It's my work. It's my yeah. art. It's yeah, my passions. It's, 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 yeah. It's I don't your, do, yeah. It's harder. So it's like it, so it's like in comedy you somebody can steal a joke and almost almost likely they won't get caught. This is even harder to be like that's my not you son of So a so some people get down that brain. Like yeah. I have zero issues. Everything's derivative in rope anyways. Like we're, well, that's we're, what I was gonna ask you. So it's weird. So like in like magic, they just steal each other's stuff. Can you invent a knot? Can you like So that's hard. Okay. Because rope has been around for so long. Yeah. There there was a we have a term called a single column tie. Okay. What that is is like a band of maybe three ropes around a wrist tied off that doesn't okay. get tighter. So once you set okay. the diameter of the loop it never gets tighter. If you were to like just loop around a person's wrist and then they pull on it, well, the ropes can keep getting tighter and you're going to cause damage. So by basically it looks like a leather cuff when it's done, right? Because it won't get any tighter. You can pull against it. Nothing will cinch and cut off circulation. But, and it looks good on camera. It looks good on camera. It's actually one of the few knots you even tie. Most of it's just wraps back and forth. There was a guy... He has multiple names. Crash Restraint and Topologist are the two names that are most known for. He's out of San Francisco. He's been doing this about as long as I have, maybe a little longer. He made the Somerville Bolin, and it's S-O-M-E-R-Ville Bolin, as in Somerville, Massachusetts. Yeah. Because that's where he's living. It turns out, and I don't know what it is, even that knot was not unique. Someone found a reference to it in a 1800s knot book. But most people know it as a, I as like a this week. Bowling. I like I like the further you zoom in on anything. Oh, yeah. It's just there, there's like a community and there's a, a specificity and there's a whatever and it's like mm -hmm. and there's always some guy and there might always be some guy in a book from 1700 <laughs> just trying to steal a, a thing. There was not a, a doohickey, a joke. In in, a, in 150 years, somebody's gonna be telling Dave Chappelle's act. <laughs> yeah, there was a guy. So I was asking uh, a guy who'd been doing rope years before me. I went out and saw, I was out in Seattle, we hung out and I said, where did you learn? Like, what was your, like, I'm trying to get the, I know the mid to like 2007 forward and there's a ton of history there. I was looking for that nineties and back. And he mentioned there was this very almost autistic guy who actually went to school for knot theory before getting into rope. He was a knot savant. He actually was savant. Like he was studying why not ropes savant. work. And then wow. he ordered this video from Japan. And the way he got this video from Japan, this was like in the 80s, I guess. He got the Japanese porn magazine, took it to the university's Japanese studies so someone would translate. Right. And he finally found a VCR tape that he could buy for like 80 bucks that was intro, you know, basic Japanese rope bondage. And he paid, oh my God, he got it shipped out. He wrote a letter. He had someone translate it because, you know, America, Japan, yeah. 80s. It shows up like almost a year later. Right. He's got his VCR set up. He's got the pause button ready and a pile of notes. And he starts watching. And the hardest knot they did was an overhand knot that you do for your shoes. Wow. And everything else was just wrap around a body loop on some other piece of rope go back mm -hmm. the other way now that's that's what the the art form is or that's yes. or, yeah. okay so almost all the ties 
Um, so I'm putting that picture back up. Yeah. There's one for all that complication of these ropes across her shoulders, ropes around her waist and arms. There's two knots on there. Okay. And they were when I first started by her wrist and I come up and around the body and then I hook and grab a piece of rope from the past pass and change direction. So to get out of that, when you undo all that, that's the, <laughs> how many ropes is that? And you just cut free was, or how do that, you do no, that? That was three forty. That was four 30 foot ropes. And your goal is to go home with that when you're yes. done. Yes. Um, if we primarily you for the Japanese stuff, we primarily use natural fiber, jute and hemp. jute, jute and hemp. Although if you're going to get it wet and throw it in a pool, go use nylon. Right. Jute and hemp have more flat colors if it even is colored. And of course the nylon ropes are bright colors and stuff like that. Um, the, there was a porn star. And nylon's like the with. braided stuff, yeah. not the twisted stuff. Yeah. Well, you can use, you can get twisted nylon too. Okay. There was a porn star who's out of it. It was Lily Ligatage. Um, I knew her before she had gotten into it. And I was tying that type of tie on her, just arms behind her back, wraps around her chest. And the whole time she's like, I can get out of this. I go, I know. Hmm. tie some more i can get out of this i know <laughs> finish it up and she's just this little squirmy thing yeah we're doing photo rope we are not doing this you know yeah and most japanese rope bondage is not actually a, it is fairly is not tied to be escape proof okay it's tied for functional and aesthetic there is escape proof ties but they're usually damaging so i said to her do you want to get out and she went yes and you know, one she, minute later, she's out. She's right? out. By the way, little squirmy thing is what I'm looking for on my Tinder profile. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. No 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 no. You have that on your profile, or you're looking for? Profiles That's what I'm looking for. It's, yeah, okay. it's what it's uh, it's yeah. It's a little squirmy thing. So I I said, do you want me to tie you so you can't get out? Now now what now what is that? So that is mean. That's. <laughs> so I tied rope around her throat that went down to her forearms and around the, remember that whole thing in the beginning of the talk where I said, don't put the rope in the nerve thing. Yeah. Yeah. I put the rope in the nerve thing <laughs> and I had her squat a little on purpose. Yes. So basically if knowing she that you were there out, for safety. Yes, yeah. No. Well, I'm, I am now there with a cutting tool for right. safety at this point. Because um, you feel what demeaned by the fact that she says she can get out or no, it was more. She, I knew she really wanted to prove she, wanted to, she, she wanted to fight in the rope. Got it. So, so this and, is the play. This is the actual the, play, the restraint no, part. Yeah. And I, but I wanted to do a photo I shoot it. and I knew I would not get my photo shoot until I gave her this. <laughs> so and this I was like, and this was, and this was also your actual Dom moment. She, yeah. Me and her um, had been. This sexual. is when you became daddy. She, uh, we were already had some play aspects, yeah. so it was not a pure photo shoot sure. role. Um, so this was, you know, inside our relationship. Oh. And I tied her very mean so that if she moved her arms up and down or out, she would choke herself or the ropes would dig in. And she was also tied in a slight squat. So her legs are getting tired that she can't straighten her legs. Yeah. But if she then crumpled down to her knees, she would choke herself. I, I'm I, getting I, hard. I, I, la I laid it on her. Me too. Right. Yeah. But again, on the safe side, I used disposable rope. I didn't use my good rope. Um, 
and I had my pair of EMT shears sitting right on my hip. And this whole thing lasted four or five minutes. Yeah. And within about two minutes of me being done, she tuckered she said, herself out in four minutes. She said, uh, I'm done. I can't get out. <laughs> and I said, can we go back and do the shoot now? And I got this very quiet. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's very risky play. Sure. That was some of the most. So, so most people look at rope and they think it's soft and it's fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, but they, yeah. like you see a knife and you're careful. It's it's big and stabby. Right. <laughs> well, rope is soft and and squishy and feels nice. Yeah. Until it doesn't. Right. And so right. people really miss how much of an edge play the rope can be. OK. The type of rope I did was an art called Hoju Jitsu which is a Japanese military ties that were done on prisoners. Um, We do have a level of ADHD going on here with this whole story because I'm about to go. So Japan was a rope-based community. When I was about to go, and by the way, Big and Stabby is my nickname on FetLife. Yeah. Um, Because I could go down the whole fact that Japanese has a rope culture versus North America and Europe, which has a... Has it a leather like everything culture. came from Japan, and then and then That's if it came from, from Japan, it came from us, and then they took it, and then they made it good, and then they sent it back to us. Japan's yeah. the, the yes, shit. absolutely. Japan's the tits. They and it's funny, like we talk about cultural appropriation uh, being bad, and you watch a bunch of uh, like a Japanese performance, and the guys in cowboy boots and the cowboy hat. Oh, I've never oh. seen this. Oh, speaking of that stuff, <laughs> Sli- the slipper room. Do you know Stormy Leather? the burlesque dancer yeah she did a performance at the slipper room as a cowgirl at the end she pulls out rope and ties a japanese rope bondage harness on herself to finish off the shoot uh, finish off the burlesque scene which is awesome japan japan takes american culture a lot because of how much it was during world war ii and the occupation that's where their love of whiskey came from and stuff like that so they're appropriating American culture left and right. But we also have a fact that we were slightly an occupier for a while. Yeah. So, you know, is it really cultural appropriation at that point? But what I hate is there's these people who they feel there's a one true way for rope. Yeah. It must right. be creative. People always think that there's one way to do it. It's like, right. no, not what makes it so creative. And well, this ancient yeah. Japanese guy says that the rope must always go to the left. Well, it turns out that that he was left-handed. Right. And everyone, like, I am left-handed. I do all my ties to the left because everyone that's ever shown me how to do a tie, they always go left. And it all came from one guy who went left. There is no reason you can't go right and just mirror what you were doing. Yeah. But, and- Somebody has to set the standard, right? The racetrack, you turn left. It's just, somebody (laughs) has to set the standard. So what I try and do and teach is don't just follow a pattern. Okay. Right? Figure out why it works. And then you can can make it your own and just make shit up. Yeah. But you need to know things like, oh, here's how I lock this off. So here's how I create a friction that doesn't move and this doesn't get tighter. And this will hold the weight here and won't move when I lift a person. So yeah, we've gone all over the place here. I'm with it. <laughs> I'm for but, it. Do. So, for you it. know, like there's just so much in that rope. It's such a rich world. There are sadly huge, like it seems unfortunately, the bigger the name, 
the more popular the name, we equate skill with quality of person. Mm -hmm. like, quality look at Michael, of individual? Yeah, like look at Michael Vick, right? He's still playing football, if I understand, right? Or he did after I the dog out. I think he's but, out. But he played after the – he went away for a bit because of the dogs. Yeah. And then he prison, came back yeah. and continued to play. He went to prison, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he did. But no, he, he did. He went, no, no, he did. He, went to, he, went to, he definitely went but, to prison. But he came back and played again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So quality of uh, skill over quality of person. Well, I think that's the that's the well. Okay, so this is this is a whole different interesting side thing. But I think that's kind of at one point in time that was sort of like the goal was if I get good enough at anything, then I then I I get amnesty for everything. Right. But also we also presume that if you're good at something, you must be a good person, and you they become so shocked to find out that the person did something stupid right not after me too i think now we presume yes, if you're no, good at something you. you're a horrible person and uh, yes i'm I, mediocre yeah, no, no, at no. everything i'm the greatest person there is right. <laughs> uh, yeah no and so what unfortunately has happened is especially with a lot of the very popular male bodied rope tops have you know they have taken liberties that they did not have and happily due to me too and actually even before me too because of FetLife, they felt that there was a platform they could say something. Unfortunately, FetLife has a rule that says you may not make criminal accusations against someone. Okay. And the reason for that, well, people hate it, but the problem is, is that they have been involved in messy cases and people have had their private messages right. um, subpoenaed. Right. So FetLife's answer is, don't say so and so did something Don't to do it me. here. Right. Which frustrates people because it's a sexual space. But you can and how do you find that so and so popular rigor so and so violated my consent? How do you share that? There's other so forms. Sure. Yeah. It, it, you have to find those other forms. And usually yeah. what people say is, I got violated by someone in the New York area. Right. Let's talk uh, about feel it. Feel free to message me. You know, let's talk about it. Right. Oh, yeah, I was gonna um, say because if when it's women, women will always find a way. To talk yeah. about to talk and, badly about who we need to talk badly about <laughs> now let me ask you this because uh so that that brings up a an interesting point because i remember this was a thing for a while i was uh, i want to say let's call it 10 years ago maybe 12 years ago there was a, someone had started to try to put up a dating type yelp scenario where you could put up a guy that you dated and you put up with <laughs> yeah do you remember what this is called? No, but I've thought about I, I I have thought about that. I know how it's problematic. So keep well, going. Well, this is a real thing, right? And it got yeah. shut down. So then my question is, is there a forum um for for this kind of thing for riggers, or is it just sort of like uh so, side chats? Inst it's it's Instagram stories that disappear after twenty-four hours. Hopefully yeah. you follow the right people and right. actually read the Instagram story. This and this happens a lot in the porn community as well. Yep. Is, and then the worst thing is, is like you see some people come out very loudly about someone who uh, did something badly to them in the porn community. And then and, it gets silenced. It goes away gets, pretty quick. It goes away and yeah. they get blackballed, which I absolutely hate. Yeah. So often it's and blackballed is my uh, my MySpace <laughs> name as opposed to blueballed. <laughs> um, it's hard, right, because you have to know someone in the rope community and then they'll do they'll talk about the missing stare. People have gotten tired. The actual people who want to share and communicate have started to move off of FetLife in the last few years. Okay. Some of the most active, most impressive and knowledgeable rope tops, rope bottoms, barely post on FetLife anymore. 
So it's called a rope bottom. That's the person who gets tied up. That's literally yeah. what it's so called. So rope, rope bottom, bottom is a more generic term um, because they're bottoming. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're submissive. So rope bottom okay. is a person receiving rope. Interesting. There is um, a lot of people will use the word rope bunny. Is it because of what Leanne said? It's the it's the idea that like you're the most in power when you're being tied. No, it's what if you're not submissive and you just want to experience the stretch. But how are you? Okay, you, you're you're at that point. You might be your rigor isn't a dumb. He's a bondage ride operator. Okay, right. Like so, there isn't a DS dynamic. There isn't a power exchange. I see. It's you're tying that person up so they can experience it's something a service now it, it leans more to service although yeah you as a rigger you may be getting energy from it right but you're not hitting them you're not commanding them you're not ordering them around they're you know you're not being sexual with them mm-hmm. but you are restraining them so let's go back to the energy exchange you said sure. before where you didn't have sex and it was that sort of that that was the arrangement mm-hmm. do you you as the tire, the 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 uh, the rope top, um, do you get do you get a sexual energy? Do you get a tantric energy from it because it is something that turns you on, even though you didn't get to play the way you I definitely, to? you know, my body was reacting. I ended yeah. up with a case of blue balls yeah. from it, but I just enjoyed the human interaction. Yeah. When I took my hand and I you know, hit them on the chest and that oomph they made and the press in. And they gave me, I, I call myself a reaction junkie okay. versus a ma- versus a sadist. Yeah. I don't actually want to hurt someone, right? I don't get off on the idea of hurting someone, which is what a sadist is. Right. They don't care about the other person's opinion on the thing. I see. Right. I, so if I was to take my fist and just kind of give a good thump into the chest, you know, that, kind of deep thuddy yeah. hit, right? Almost like a massage bonger thing, right? And they go, oh, no, I'm not into that. But if they go, Oof, mm, and they smile, thank you. I just got my energy feedback. Okay, so then follow up. So the sadomasochism, so that's the two pieces, the sadist, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's- uh, Person give- who likes to give pain. Give pain without um they they it's just they like to give pain. That, that, okay. that that's it. And the masochist is the person who likes to receive, receive pain. Receive pain. Got yeah. it. Got it. And I worry about anyone that says they're a true sadist because that mm-hmm. means that to me means no empathy. You have to violate consent. In no, that way. but you just you just don't care. And I think the risk of a consent violation becomes harder. Fine. Yeah. Um I never like that either. Right. So anyone that those are kind of the red flags. Unfortunately, there's like a ton of them. Basically, that Domly Dom ripped if they have God, I don't want to I'll say if they're kind of like a black and white picture of Joe Rogan holding a flogger. Probably, (laughs) probably not. (laughs) There's a lot of this Domly Dom energy, and those are the people more likely to not follow limits. Right. And I'm saying that and now I'm going to get hate mail. You know, I'm not one of those, but often whenever I've seen those types of violations, they are someone who falls under that narcissistic sociopath type thing. Or is it that maybe they're making it, it's more about them and not 
which uh, is the narcissistic sociopath. Right. And they're not <laughs> they're not they're not trying to split the the experience 50-50. Correct. I am worried for me when I come into one of these things. I look at it as I want to give the best experience to the person I'm interacting with and my hope and expectation is that they will want to re- Re- reciprocate that same want and, and concern and uh, energy back. So what is that relationship? If it's not sadomasochism, what, what do you? It's, it comes under maybe DS, domination, submission, um, a fun time. Like, <laughs> like meaning like maybe it's not. It, because well, what you're describing pain, doesn't sound that different from a comedian's relationship with his audience either. It's very, it's very, actually, you know what? I think that would probably be a very good analogy because you're not getting touched, but you're definitely feeding off the energy from the performance. I'm making you laugh, but I'm right. I'm enjoying myself maybe more than you. Correct. And it Mm -hmm. feels selfish. And you're like in this thing, you're in this fight all the time. Yep. And it's a very similar thing, like where you're not getting contacted, right? Like I stayed, I wore my, my, my shorts were on the whole time. Right. And no one went reaching into my pants and I had an amazing time. Right. And great energy. I felt refreshed at the end of it. You know, we enjoyed each other's energy that way. So then do you go home and, and rip one or do you just take the energy, masturbate, or do you just take the energy that you gain from the day and just channel it elsewhere personally? Um, it depends. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I, I, I masturbated when I got home. Yeah. It was a weekend camp event. I wasn't going to deal with the mess. And, you know, I'm also, it was funny. I don't normally, I normally consider pickup play, which is what that was. Meeting a stranger for the first time, do something. Usually it's very high risk. Sure. Um, because it would be very easy to go over a limit and suddenly there's an angry post about Rigger J. Sure. Doing some, you know. Right. So, well, that's bigger for your community thing, but even, even, on, even on the. But even no, on that's the... personally on. So I make sure. I negotiate everything. I was surprised I had such a good connection in a pickup play and that the pickup play went well. So then if, if, if the risk for you is higher, right? So like, if I just have a one night stand, I'm in the let's go. I like that. The mundane community, I have one night stand. It could go bad, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, who are they telling you? Telling nobody you're in a community. So when you get all of those consents and all of those discussions, are, is there a record of this? I mean, are no, you going that level? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, if why I would stuff- that be a violation? Well, where let's say for example and how do you prove that you had a verbal it, it it has to be trust the person we right now we've had too many people in the scene that won't speak up they haven't felt that they could have a voice especially if someone had it was a personality that they were interacting with meaning i help i help moderate a large group i have my name on a book will i believe be, be believed if i speak up um and the Me Too, and actually uh, we had a couple of the high public uh, incidences of very popular rope tops being called out successfully has helped people feel they can have a voice okay, that they get sure. heard. So false accusations happen, but they're not the they're not the norm. And so the default is if a bottom comes forward and let's say, you know, well. I did not negotiate spanking. That is a limit because I have nightmares from past experiences. Jay spanked me. That was not on the negotiation list. Right? What do I do on my side? Like, let's forget the fact, like, let's say I didn't violate the consent. And I actually remember them saying, yes, I'm allowed to be spanked. 
Right. What do I do? Well, I apologize or I say that wasn't how I heard things. But the goal, the goal though is, is in my case, or like to think I'm doing it out of a case of an unintentional violation. Yeah. I did not go out with the, I did not intend or had any plans to violate this person's consent. Right. There are other people that just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> or they're just going to take um, the person's all tied up. They reach down and start sucking on the nipples. Yeah. They didn't ask for that. They didn't ask to do it. They just did it. And that's more likely where uh, oh, that is often a case I hear. I'm not right. going to say more likely as in like statistically that yeah. I hear that type of violation way mm-hmm. more common that someone took an extra liberty that was not discussed. And it's awkward. It's hard. Um, I have someone that caused me problems. I got removed from an event because someone with the same scene name as me, a woman showed up and said something happened. They and ruin your name around town. And well, this person thought it was me. Right. They, it wasn't. So mm-hmm. it took a while to figure out that it wasn't me and everything got better. And they, you know, so. Jay, that's why you need a name like Dan Frigolette. If, <laughs> if I was to show you my last name in reality, <laughs> oh my God. So the thing is, is, so false accusations or misidentifications can happen, especially sure. in, a pick, in a pickup play type environment, right? Yeah. So, you know, but we have to believe and we have to listen. When someone says someone did something bad to me, we have to listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good. Because, it's a good word. It's a good place to end. But the, the 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 concept of believe women. Uh, a lot of these other episodes, we end we end at pay for your porn. Um, consent counts. Consent counts. I like that. That and it is, doesn't matter what you where you are. Can I kiss you? Can I make out with right. you? Right. You know. Hey. And you know, you put your hand down. Like, may I? Yeah. And they'll say no, or they'll push again. There's all sorts of ways that you can get consent, even non-verbally, but clearly, and that's how you do everything sexual safely and with respect what a what a what a bow on this episode thank you for being here can you tell us how to find you follow you see your work read your books all of those things okay so the easiest way is linktree slash rigor j linktree.com rigor j yes with an r um i'm rigor j photo on on uh instagram i'm rigor j on fetlife I am open to any questions. I'm wondering if, you know, did I shoot my mouth off somewhere and I'm going to get some hate mail, but J at rigorj.com for email, Instagram, message me. All good. Leanne, how do we find you? How do we follow you? At Lee Von Lux on Instagram, Lee Von Lux on OnlyFans. Message me. Don't complain to me. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Forward that to Dan. <laughs> I have a question. I do have a question. Um, and just to round it all out, is there a sub community of people that are being tied up that are in the art uh, to create the art that is um, pregnant women being tied? Because no. I want. Okay. Well, we're gonna start let's there. Start, let's, let's start a thing on FetLife and see if we could find someone that's interested. Oh, I have someone that's interested that's pregnant and wants to be tied and do a photo shoot. Too risky. But there's no community for it. 
Fine. Send them directly to me, and I'm fine with that. I'll, I, will, I, have I, will I, I have to rate your rope skills. I will first. pay OnlyFans prices, whatever you need to do. We'll work out the contract. Thank you for being here. Thank You're you most to my welcome. co-host. Um, we have we drop a new episode every Monday uh, at uh, midnight, and we're on Google Play, iTunes, all the things, all the places things are. We're gonna have to uh, figure out how to put this episode on FetLife uh, and all the other places. And uh, again, thank you to everybody for being here. Thank you. Thank you.